Lesson from the letter of St. Paul the Apostle to the Romans. Brethren, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Saving Words of the Gospel oh, There's a little twist in here, isn't there? Because the grain, uh, the Lord, uh, in order to clarify his point, he tells a little bit, an uh, itty-bitty parable, doesn't he? About the grain of wheat. Truly, truly, I say to you, amen, amen. I wish they would, in some of these translations, instead of saying truly, truly, they'd just say amen, amen, you know. Anyway, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, well, it doesn't really die, does it? I mean, it, 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 it's true that it's no longer a grain of wheat, it's grain of wheat, but it does unleash its potential in a, in a different way, which is very much like, going into the ground like the Lord did and then unleashing the potential, which is, you know, the resurrection, which is, you know, for all of us, right? If we, we change states, um, in the funeral, in the Requiem Mass preface, um, Augustine is quoted, Vita mutatur non tolitur, life is changed, not ended. But um, parables have little twists, and this is a, this is a twist. And then the Lord uses um, hyperbole in here. He who hates his life in this world. Well, why would he do that? Because, you know, in creation, God called what he created good. And you don't hate what God calls good. But this is hyperbole, just as he, in another place, uh, says that he who, you know, you have to hate your, your parents and your children and basically everything. Um, meaning that, you can't love anything more than you love God. Um, that's, the, that's the point of this. You can't love any created thing more than God, even to the point of death, even to the point of taking up your cross, which is following the Lord. Because where he is, there the servant will also be. And so, regardless of whatever, whatever external circumstance there might be, in your life, what comes to you as a result, you know, because the Lord is among the the ones who are the most in need, and so that's where we should be too. We should be finding a way to to uh, 
to serve him and those who are the most in need. In any event, today in our Gospel passage, yeah, what's going on here? This is Passover time, chapter 12. It's Passover. This is part of the last statements that the Lord is making in public before the Passion begins. Just before this, Philip was approached by a bunch of Greek speakers. Philip is a Greek name, so they go to Philip because he speaks Greek. And they say they want to meet the Lord, and the Lord then takes this as being a sign that his hour had finally come. This is that hour and day language that we find through John, when he is going to go to his glory, the glory that we hear about in the prologue of the Gospel of John, which is the last Gospel. The last part, he said, I have seen his glory. Well, the glory is the moment when he's reigning on the cross, when he's dying, as it were. No, literally dying, but to bear much fruit as the grain of wheat falls and dies. So, um, this is uh, just before this was one of the three moments in the in, in the gospel when the the father's voice is heard. Well, you might remember that his voice is heard at the time of the Lord's uh, baptism and then also at the transfiguration. But this is the this is also one of those transitional moments where the father's voice is heard and the people think it's thunder. They don't they they can't understand what it is. But uh, he says that he will be lifted up from the earth and draw all men to himself. And uh, so that's the context of that of that passage about the grain of wheat and following him. Um, we have um, in Romans, what's going on in this thing in Romans? Um, Romans 8, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Well, basically, and then he gives this list. And this has sometimes been taken by, um, what do you say, like Bible Christians or uh, fundamentalists or evangelicals or whatever, um, to say that once you have professed faith in Christ, that you can never be separated from him after that, even, you know, no matter what you do. You know, you can go out and commit this thing and that sin and whatever, but you'll never be, you're still going to be saved. Because you have this personal relationship, and because um, you profess your uh, your faith in Christ, and therefore you could never be separated from Him, which is such a powerful bond that it doesn't make any difference what you do after that. Well, no, <laughs> that's this is not what Paul is saying here. What shall separate us, or who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He says. Then he gives you a list: tribulation, distress. Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword. Well, what do those things all have in common? They are all things that happen to us. They are all things that happen to us from outside of us. These things cannot separate us from the love of Christ. He goes on and he says, uh, death or life or angels or principalities or things present or things to come height or depth or anything else in all creation, these are things that are all exterior to us. 
What he's saying here is that there's no, once we are joined to Christ, there's nothing outside of us that can tear us away from him. But that doesn't mean that we can't lose that bond with him. In giving us that list of sufferings, what we have to still remember is that our sins, the things that we do, our, our commission, the sins we commit, and the things that we uh, omit and therefore sin by omitting them, those things can separate us. And if we have any doubt of that, all we have to do is look at Galatians, I think it's chapter 5, he gives us a list of sins that will separate us from God. So, we have to be a little careful in this passage, not to be, you know, bamboozled by this, by this, you know, very dramatic uh, list of things. And we have to keep in mind that these are things that are exterior to us. Things that happen to us cannot separate us from the love of Christ. But our sins can. And uh, that's something that, that uh, we have to be absolutely clear about. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Ignatius of Antioch. Um, he was a disciple of Peter and John. He was the third bishop of Antioch after Peter himself. And a guy by the name of, um, what was his name? Euodios or something like that. Good road it means. Good road, good, good road or good path. Anyway, um, Ignatius died in uh, the early second, very early in the second century. He uh, was martyred. He was taken to Rome, and he was killed um, by being uh, torn apart by lions in the Colosseum. And uh, the Colosseum actually wasn't one of those places where they had um, a lot of the, the, the killing of Christians. Uh, there were other places in Rome where they did that even more, but the Colosseum was used for that um, as well. And uh, if I remember my archaeology uh, correctly, um, there's a, a an underground passageway that goes from where the Colosseum is over a little bit toward the um, Escaline Hill and uh, basically towards where St. Uh, Clement's is San Clemente. Beautiful church, fascinating church, and you can go in different levels. They've excavated down all the way to the streets of Rome underneath there, down to a house, which was probably the house church that, are, that originated this. And it just so happens that the remains of Ignatius of Antioch are in the main altar of San Clemente. Uh, so it's thought that, that perhaps his, his followers made use of this of this uh, kind of clandestine way in order to get his bone, get his remains, get his body out of there and, and to uh, and, and over into that area where San Clemente is. And there he has been uh, preserved and, and venerated uh, ever since. Uh, Saint Ignatius was a an apostolic, one of the apostolic fathers. Uh, we have seven letters of his that are uh, written to different churches um, including uh, the Church of Rome. And I would urge you to look up Ignatius of Antioch's letter to the Romans. It's very short. It's just a few sentences. And it's interesting to read them because they're, you know, the, the, the wording is 
you you get a, a feeling of authenticity from them because they're um, they're kind of rough um, in their in their grammar and the flow. You, it 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 gives you the sense of someone who's writing under pressure and haste in order to get something down and then get it uh, get it going, uh, get it sent. Um, and it, it's in his letter to the Romans um, that he talks about. Um, he says, "Let everybody know that I that I die gladly, and I know that I'm going to be food for wild beasts. And, but I'm happy for that because that." They are my way to God. And he describes himself as, he says, I am God's wheat, and I will be ground by their teeth, so that I may become Christ's pure bread. I think that's why we have these two readings today, right? What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing that happens to us from outside of us can separate us. As a matter of fact, we are going to be conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, what's more than a conqueror? <laughs> That's, you know, it's, uh, again, we have a little bit of, uh, you know, it stretches, it stretches the mind a little bit. The Greek in this is, is for, for to conquer, to be victorious, is mikao. Nikao, we get this uh, Nike in uh, Greek is victory. That's why we have Nike tennis shoes, right? Or Nike shoes that athletes wear because it means victory. But he says, Hyper Nikao. We, we're going to be super conquerors uh, through Christ. So that, you know, nothing, death isn't going to, to defeat us. We're going to become super conquerors through the death that we suffer. And then what happens? Christ uses the wheat image in the Gospel of John. And here we have Ignatius saying that I am wheat. I am God's wheat. I'm going to be ground up in order to become the, the bread of Christ, Christ's pure bread. And the teeth of the lions are going to do that for me. And Christ is saying, unless the wheat falls and dies, then you know it cannot bear fruit. So that, I'm sure that's why we have these readings today. They're very aptly, aptly chosen. But let's remember, too, that the pure bread of Christ hearkens to the Eucharist. And that means, of course, the, the very word Eucharist means thanksgiving. And uh, yesterday I talked about the, the need uh, in our prayer in time of, of trial. Um, what, what is it that gets us through? Prayer, but also thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is what, what gets us through. And here's Ignatius saying, I will gladly die for God to be food for the wild beasts, for they are my way to God. So whatever gets thrown at us, um, it's probably, well, you know, I don't want to get it, get out too far over my skis, but it's probably not going to be lions in an arena for uh, public uh, amusement. But there are other kinds of lions, and there are other kinds of coliseums, aren't there? There are sufferings that will come to us. But let us also let us always remember uh, our confidence that, that we have, because nothing outside of us can separate us from the love of God, and that in those moments that we can be, we can have uh, prayer and petition uh, to be relieved from the suffering, if if it's God's will, but also great gratitude uh, for all of the things that God gives us for our true good. He knows 
what we need better than we know ourselves. Gloria et honore coronasi eum, reconstituisi eum super opera manum tuarum, Domine. 